Salutations, greetings, and welcome to it. This is T Second Round Clicks in the Fax Machine, a loud police podcast presentation. And I am your host, True Story. Thank you for joining us on this little journey we take, exploring a couple trades for a couple of our favorite NBA teams, looking at how they could improve. And this year, episode 18, we have the Utah Jazz, you know, <laughs> Carl Stockton, and you know what I'm saying, you know. Overload and John Stockton, Utah Jazz, you know, shout out, shout out, you know, it's a team that LeBron said, you know, when he was picking the teams in the All-Star game, back in the day playing with 2K, you don't really pick the Jazz, yeah, you respect the Jazz, you know what I'm saying, regardless of what era you look at, the Jazz, the jazz have found a way to put out a, a good product, you know, competitive team, pardon me, and you gotta respect that across the board, so it's one of those things where... Last season, probably a down and yana year for them, finishing 44 and 28. You know, with a 44 and 28 record to finish six out west, and it's competitive out west. It's not so easy to play, and they got knocked out in the first round by Denver 4-3. They were a tough out, and I felt for me personally the way they had Denver reeling, they should have knocked Denver out. They probably just didn't have enough, and that's maybe the case with the Utah Jazz. And that's something that Dennis Lindsay as the GM. And Quinn Snyder as the head coach are going to have to revisit, you know. They have, you know, Utah-based billionaire Ryan Smith, you know, a young man in there, ambitious young man in there who has seen the Utah Jazz be great at a stage and be good and then be almost decent to good, you know. Now they have the potential still to be very good when you consider the fact that they have talent on that roster, you know. Off-season-wise, they did pretty well getting Udoka Azibuke out of Kansas City, you know, a center who was born in Lagos. We always have big love for people from coming from Africa getting into the NBA, you know, drafted 27 overall. And for a guy who's 6'10 and 21 years old, he has so much room to grow, especially when you consider the fact that right now they have Rudy Gobert as their big to get somebody who's 21 and maybe potentially being able to blossom into being their future big down the line. And he's got no pressure on him necessarily to grow. That's good to see that they, they're still being futuristic in their thinking, you know. They re-signed Donovan Mitchell on a long-term deal. He's still only young and 24 years old. He's going to be their franchise piece going down the line, you know. They had to reinvest it and, and pay and pay into him. And don't even let it be open to speculation of, hey, nah, literally, the moment you, I can and the moment we can agree, let's, let's give you the money, you know. Jordan Clarkson, I felt, was pretty similar in that regard where he may not be your franchise guy, yet right now in this transition phase, he's a very key piece, you know, because his scoring off the bench and his ability to sometimes start games when you have maybe injuries in Mike Conley right now, and potentially even step up into being a starting piece if you maybe move on from Mike Conley and you want to play Donovan as a point and you want somebody next to him as a, as a combo guard who can also get his own. That would be nice to see for, Don, for, Jordan, for Jordan Clarkson part of it because he's always got, he's always had that potential in him and that talent in him, not always had that fit or a situation where he can play and consistently showcase what he can do. It's nice to see him get that in Utah away from too much of the spotlight as well. We can just concentrate on his game and being the best that he can be and then do all the other off, off, off court stuff when he's done with the game you know what i'm saying rudy gobert 28 was a was a player that if they didn't pay into him who would you know he fits perfectly with them and what they're trying to do knowing you have a pick and roll of donovan mitchell and rudy gobert right now the issue is what can you put around them that's always been the conversation going forward that okay you decided that donovan is your guy when gordon haywood moved on that was like okay what it is gordon went to a better situation for him and then he's moved on to charlotte now post the injury god bless him 
yet you also have improved as well in many regards you can continue to improve further you know in free agency they picked up elijah hughes a small forward was 23 65 you know two-year contract at less than a million it's a feasible contract to have a guy on giving you bench minutes or backup minutes at the three right especially when you consider the fact that they brought back Derek Favors at the four. He's still only 29 years old. So to give it, to get him on a three-year, 9.2 million, that's a guy that he's going to give you something akin to what Paul Millsap has been in Denver, where he's going to overperform that contract or outperform that contract every single season and still give you room to develop somebody in his mold or in a backup position or allow him to develop whoever's going to start for him down the line. You know, getting Trent Forrest on a two-way contract, he's still 22 years old, um, along with Gerard Bradley on a two-way contract at 24 in the power forward and shooting guard positions. That just gives you some depth as well down the line in case you need it, you know, in the playoffs, whenever the case may be. Yes, the, the, the depth chart does shrink in the playoffs, yet injuries do happen and you need specialist guys where if you have somebody who can stretch the flow at the four position or give you some shooting at the two position, better have them not than not to have them, right? So right now when you consider their depth chart, they still have Mike Conley on the books, giving them good production at the point guard position, one year deal at 33. It's a situation where either they're gonna re-sign him long-term on a more workable contract, and then he's their point guard of the future because he's perfect for that. Yet if it's a situation where he wants another bigger deal and the money's not working out, then maybe sign and trade or move on from him and go find you the guy that does pair with Donovan Mitchell or see if Donovan Mitchell and Jordan Clarkson does work together in a starting capacity. Because right now, Donovan Mitchell is starting at the two guard and then Jordan Clarkson coming off the bench. He's electric off the bench, Jordan Clarkson, and compliments what Mitchell does when he goes to the, the point guard position. Clarkson sometimes plays the two or the alternate as well. It fits well, yet you're thinking down the line, your pieces aside from that aren't as enticing. You know, you have Rudy Gobert, that's about it. I mean, Boyan Bogdanovich at the three, he's 31 years old. He's a good floor spacer, yet over time you realize with Boyan, you're going to need to improve in that position. Joe Inglis at 33, he still gives you so much of that playmaking that he provides, yet you would like to have more scoring at the three than what you have right now. Royce O'Neal at the four with Georges Niang, again, a position you can improve gradually you can improve a whole lot from that means that you can gradually over time no you can actually improve right now they're giving you good production at 27 they're performing well enough in in in, an, in a cumulative sense to give you what you probably want as a starting power forward position knowing that Derek Favors can also give you some minutes there otherwise he gives you stretch five minutes or small ball five minutes if Rudy Gobert is sitting down that's what allows you to be where you are right now as the Utah Jazz number one in the west yet when you consider the teams that are below you in the West, the Clippers, the Lakers, arguably a fully fit Warriors, when the when the Mavs get it right, maybe even the teams that are potentially better than you as you're currently constructed, right? That if you don't do some business to improve your team, you are gonna get bounced again in the first round. It may still be a tough out, yet that's gonna be the situation. And for Donovan Mitchell, another season of that couple with maybe another season when you don't improve next season to that level where you should he's gonna want out you know you've seen situations where right now you have player power before players would, would see out their contracts or do whatever they can to try and make it work where they at these days it's more like bro if you guys aren't trying to help me with it i'm playing my ass off and putting up 20 20 30 points and see every game average and we're not winning still something has to give with it i think a trade where you get on the horn and you call washington and say you have young you have a young piece in Daniel Vinja that maybe doesn't fit what you're trying to do right now and you are gonna be looking to move on from Bradley Beal soon. You would rather have picks 
on picks that have Bradley Beal coming off your books and whatever you get is whatever you get, right? So in a sense, prepare for the Bradley Beal reshuffle, knowing that you have Russell Westbrook as your focal point, Rui Hachimura as your young player. Give us Danny Avinja as Utah. We take back Davis Bertrand because maybe he doesn't fit in with your timeline down the line, yet he fits in perfectly in Utah thinking. Danny Avinja and Davis Bertrand, two guys who can defend well in their positions or decently in their positions. I think Danny's got a higher ceiling defensively than what he's doing right now. Offensively, they can be great for you and juggernauts. You put yourself in a situation where as Utah, you get better internally. You have a young player that you can play with Donovan Mitchell and Mike Conley, knowing that you have a veteran guy in Davis Bertrand who spaces the floor with Rudy Gobert at the five. You have a nice tandem there. You give up a couple assets to be able to get that. You keep your powder dry for maybe making some moves down the line, depending on what you do with Mike Conley and whatever the case may be. You have a young asset again in Daniel Vigil, like we stated. You can't understate the value of young assets in today's NBA you thinking that if you want to move him on down the line and he started to produce at that level where we think he can produce at, then maybe you will get the assets in return that you maybe thought you gave up, you know, when you got him, right? For, for Derek Favors, it'll be tough to see him move on after just coming back to Utah, but he probably fits in better with what Washington are doing down the line where you need a veteran guy like Derek Favors on a favorable contract, pardon the play on words, I am a rapper still. At 29 years old, he's perfect, you know what I'm saying, for Washington doing. He fits in with that timeline of what Russell Westbrook is doing and everything else there right what is a three-year contract 9.2 million like we said he's perfect there Royce O'Neal at 27 years old I think he's a perfect backup piece to come into Washington as well thinking again what is it one-year deal 8.8.5 million George's Niang as well expiring contract one-year deal 1.7 million expiring contract in Ursa Nelia Sova one-year deal 1.1 million you get these contracts that can come off your books as Washington along with Derek Favors who fits in with your new rebuild and then you get these pick assets that are going to be good for you and essential for you as Washington down the line thinking you're going to have to move on from Bradley Beal you're going to be in a rebuild whether you like it or not if you want to be aggressive in your rebuild and fast track and rather have some picks to be able to throw at assets that you like player wise to build along with the Russell Westbrook and the Rui Hachimura that you're going with you know down the line so for you to get the 2022 and the 2024 first rounders from Utah, along with the 2021 second rounder from Utah via Golden State and the 2025 second rounder from Utah, that gives you four picks in return with Derek Favors, a nice veteran guy, three expiring contracts, and you're basically coming off of the 15 million that you'd paid into Davis Bertans, giving you cap, cap flexibility. And then you move Daniel Vigian to a situation where he can maybe go blossom. You you are you are better off, I feel, right now as Washington. Huh? And then for Utah, you're thinking Mike Conley with Jordan Clarkson now moving on to maybe back him up at the two guard, at the, at the, at the backup one position. That gives you flexibility where you have the playmaking or you have the scoring coming off the bench. You have Donovan Mitchell at the two with Joy Inglis backing him up where you will have the scoring and playmaking of Donovan Mitchell or pure stretchability and playmaking and know and know-how when it comes to winning and Joe Inglis coming off the bench allowing Danny Avenger to actually start and then he gives you the floor spacing and ability to handle the ball he gets to improve his game over time and potentially become your secondary scorer in that team Boyan Bogdanovich coming off the bench is even better for you because he can give you that production of about 15 points and not have to be relied upon every single night to maybe sometimes give you 25 or 20 to 25 plus points just to make sure you guys win the game because you don't have a secondary scorer if Mike Conley is not giving you more than 15, 16 points a game. Right now he's averaging 16, right? Davis Bertrand, I think he's perfect for you stretching the floor at four, right? Because it allows you to play Rudy Gobert as your 
interior okay he's the guy that we're gonna defend through yet we have a guy in Davis Bertans is about 6'10 he's flexible in that regard you know and you have a very big team in that regard where you think Rudy Gobert he's a colossal Davis Bertans is 6'10 at power forward Daniel Vigia 6'9 at the three Donovan Mitchell is no slouch as well with Mike Conley whatever you do in that position you have now a team that can defend well at a high level like Utah likes to do. Right now, they're top five in defense and top five in offense in the NBA. Because of that reason, they defend at a high level and they found a way now to start to get their offense going. You can add in guys that basically complement that offense and even reinforce that defense. Then you see Utah maybe potentially coming out that first round and being a tough second round out and maybe even getting into the into the finals of the West, depending on what the Clippers go do. Because this team now against the Clippers, it's a conversation of which Clippers are we getting. If we get playoff Clippers, this team will beat them. If we get regular season Clippers, the Clippers will beat them. Then it's a different conversation altogether. Aside from that, some people will have a conversation yet again of if you are in a position right now where you can invest in this ball club right now. You already have the first seed. Depending on how the season ends, maybe the Lakers and the Clippers clip you and then you end up third or fourth. Yet you've shown case you've showcased to yourself and to Donovan Mitchell what this team can be down the line. He's still only 24 years old. If you can build in the in the in the in the trade market with guys who are younger than him, yet have a, a high upside that is complementary to him, while still keeping Mike Conley and Rudy Gobert, you put yourself in a situation where next season depending on what the Lakers are going to be there next season, what the Clippers will do next season if they don't win a ring, you are now potentially that team in the West where you know who you are. Outside of all the teams in the West, you definitely know who you are and you still have room for growth. Where it now becomes your window to win out West. So we looked at a trade where Atlanta want to give up John Collins. They would like to get some assets back for John Collins. Any team that is called probably for John Collins doesn't want to give up first rounders if they're not going to get security on John Collins re-signing because he's an expiring contract. He probably wants to test to test the free agency market. A team that can pay him in Utah if they renounce the rights to Mike Conley and then they pay into John Collins and and uh, Donovan Mitchell as their big guys, as their as, as their supermax guys, and then you still have Rudy Gobert there. Those are your three big guys, and you realize that it's a nice fit because they complement each other pretty well. Depending on what you go do, that you could maybe slot Jordan Clarkson to the point guard position, and that becomes your team down the line. If you sneak in Cam Reddish in that trade as Utah, then you're in a situation where you've rebuilt your squad for the future, and you're still going to guarantee yourself a conversation of about second, second second round maybe in the in the west this season because cam reddish right now is in a situation where 23 years old atlanta should be starting him but they can't afford to start him because of what they have right now in kevin hunter that if he can go to utah and be a starter or spot minutes with boyan bogdanovich where even if he's not starting he's playing 20 plus 22 23 minutes every single game getting 12 shots sometimes a game that's going to be perfect for Cam Reddish going into next season, knowing that you will pay into John Collins and you have Cam Reddish and whatever you do in the guard positions, maybe it's Jordan Clarkson mixture with Donovan Mitchell. You have a young nucleus along with Rudy Gobert that you can go do what you want to do. You can go own the West for the next five, six, seven, eight, nine years, right? For Atlanta right now thinking, you want to give up these guys or rather you are, you are more inclined to give up John Collins. Uh, an addendum race O'Neal's contract is four years because we've included him in this trade and I saw he was actually included in a previous trade and I said his contract was one year so it's four years 8.5 million so it's four years 8.5 million for race O'Neal to Atlanta you would have to swallow that as Atlanta thinking it will help you because you already have your starting three guard in Kevin Hunter why not have a guy who can give you 
good production in the backup position long term, right? Royce O'Neal will give you that at 8.5 million, not too bad. George's Niang is an expiring contract at 1.7 million. You can probably move him on or you can use him as a backup piece at the four. Jawan Morgan is similar. You know, at 23, he's an expiring contract. You can move him on or even waive him, whatever you decide to do as Atlanta. Yet the picks that you would want back for John Collins is what you're really interested in. And it's the 2021 first rounder along with the 2024 first rounder and the 2026 first rounder from Utah. It may sound like a huge haul for Utah to give up along with the 2021 first rounder, second rounder via Golden State and the 2026 second rounder from Utah. Yet those five picks in essence would buy you a future where in the next three years, Donovan Mitchell can look around his dressing room and say, I can go win with these guys. And it can be still more of a organic thing. Yes, we traded for them. Yet we traded for them. We paid into them. We like them and they like it here. And we're building something here. I don't want to go anywhere else. You know, I like that fit for Utah, especially for you, for a Utah situation where you're thinking down the line, you may want to move on from Rudy Gobert. You may want to see what you have in John Collins as a small ball five and then Cam Reddish at the three with Mitchell at the one and then fill in with shooters around them. That's still a very nice team to have. For Atlanta, you have a very nice situation there. And I think you can put yourself in a situation as both teams where you win. It's very it's very few times that we see win-win trades. You know what I'm saying? But we try to pull off one of those. And we pretty enjoyed it, man. It's been two second round picks in the Facts Machine. A loud boot podcast presentation. I am your host, True Story. Thank you for joining us. Please let us know what you thought about these trades. Please like, subscribe, rate, and review us on all DSPs where you consume your digital media content. And yeah, man, until we, we speak again, be wild. Be blessed to be a blessing. Peace.